0: Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Perimenopause Power. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Nat. How are we today? Really great. We are back for another jam-packed episode We talking are talking about one of your favorite topics, sleep. Yes. Yes. The reason I wanted to talk about
1: sleep is, um, look, you know, all through our lives, we have issues with sleep and it's, you know, it's not just in perimenopause and menopause, but with A lot of the women that we see and talk to, um, just in general, sleep seems to come up so much. And uh, and I know for myself that earlier this year, I was having dreadful sleep and, um, you know, I've just refined a few things. And one of the things that I've been doing, as I might have alluded to on a previous podcast, is I've been doing some acupuncture as well. And I found that's been really helpful and it's different for everyone, of course, So I thought maybe we might talk through a little bit about sleep at this stage of life, coming into perimenopause, because, you know, we've all had kids, uh, or a lot of us have had children. There's obviously some of them listening in that haven't, and that's all good. And, you know, we know what it's like when we've had interrupted sleep. I'm sure if you cast your mind back to when your daughter was little, Nat, and those broken sleeps, it really does... um, really does affect the way that you function, the way that you think. It affects the food, you know, the kinds of food choices that you're making. It has a direct influence on your blood sugar, your insulin. There's so many things there around, around, you know, good quality sleep. So, you know, women um, really do get affected by um, insomnia uh, during this time where they can't sleep. And, you know, that's obviously affected by our changing hormones as well. And the side thing to it also is those sleep disturbances also affected uh, or a link to our weight gain. So it's a bit of one of those, you know, 180 degree sort of circles where one goes astray and then it leads on to more going astray. So,
0: And I was just going to add too, I think with sleep, sleep's one of those things that we tend to think is... Indispensable. Yes. Like, you know, when we're busy at work or busy with family or mm. we've got things on, we will cut our sleep short, won't we? And we'll just think, oh, you know what, I'll catch up on sleep later. But we never we catch don't. up. We don't. And it's not about catching up, is it? No. It's, it's we need that good sleep every night. And not only sleep, but good sleep routine as well. Yes which supports us throughout our whole every day, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. There's so much that goes on in our bodies when we sleep and, you know, it's, it's repair, it's helping with metabolism, it's, you know, the body goes about doing things that it wouldn't normally do through the day and, you know, to actually negate the amount of sleep that you have can really be quite um, quite horrendous to you, I suppose, in the long run. And the other, thing is, um, the other thing is that it can really affect our clarity at work, you know, for all the things that we actually, in work and life, for all the things that we decide that, oh, I'm not going to do that extra sleep or, or go to sleep at that certain time. The flow on effect is, is really quite huge, you know, how you deal with other people at work, how you deal with your kids, with your family, uh, making decisions. And often I will tell clients, and I know that you do too, Nat, is that, you can be doing the best thing um, around your diet, your movement, but if you don't sleep well, it has a knock-on effect also to your stress. And so those things will trump all the good things that you're trying to do. Mm. So that's something really, you know, I often ask myself, you know, I could keep working all through the night and I'm always getting in trouble from my husband because I tend to work a little bit too much at night sometimes. But I think what the, the thing is that, We need to ask ourselves: Is what I'm doing now really that important? That it has to be done before I go to bed, um, or before I start, you know, getting into that sleep routine? And I reckon 99.9% of the time, the answer is no. It's not that important. And I think if ever there was a question around around whether you should go to sleep or not, or stop what you're doing, that's the biggie, isn't it? You know, it's like. we, we, could keep, we could just keep working and doing and until the cows come home, but it's really important that we get sleep and sleep is something that you need to regularly commit to at the same time for it to be really effective and, you know, commit to a sleep routine that's going to really help you through a great night's sleep.
0: Mm, yes, and it's funny. My husband and I, we uh, tend to get little uh, jibes from our friends because we are in bed a lot earlier than most people. Although I will say my husband's in bed a lot earlier than me. But, you know, normally for me, you know, I want to be asleep between 9, 9.30, but that's because I get up between 5 and 5.30. Yes. And I know for me that, you know, getting those eight hours sleep is what I need. Yeah, And in those mornings that I don't stick to that routine and I think, oh, you know what, I'll just just lay in bed and I'll fall back asleep and then my daughter will wake up before I wake up and then it's all hell breaks loose yeah. and I'm not functioning as I want to be functioning. I'm not, you know, sort of clear on what I'm doing in my day and so, you know, I've just learned the power of a really positive sleep routine and you know what i put that down to my marathon training actually because Mm. i've appreciated just how much my body does in sleep and that's why my husband goes to bed early because he's up early with his triathlon training as well but it just puts you in good stead for the day and you know even on those really cold mornings where you want to stay in bed we suck it up and we get up and we do. We do. We feel so much better as a result.
1: And yeah, you know. And the thing is, and so that's really the points that you make. That you know, that sticking to a routine, no matter what time you're going to bed. Well, actually, it is important in relation to what time you don't you go to bed. It's great to get as much sleep before midnight as you can. But, you know, that eight hours is really ideal. And having that routine, same time to go to sleep, same time to wake up. And it's really tempting on a weekend to sleep in so much longer because you don't have those same, you know, time limitations or responsibility to, to attend to. But I know myself on the weekend... If I do have a bit more of a sleeping and I get up and think oh gosh I've lost part of my day you know so very similar to what you were just saying so so I, I thought maybe we can talk through some of the things that we can do to help um, our listeners in relation to getting a better night's sleep and that sleep routine is really key here and even if you feel like, You listen to what we say, and you think, oh, that's not going to work. It does take time to build a routine and for your body, your body's not just going to go, okay, tonight I'm going to bed earlier and or, you know, I'm doing something different and you don't see any results because it's like, it's like almost like a habit change, isn't it? So the body needs to get used to that. So some of the things that we can do and i'm sure we're all guilty of it is the one of the biggest thing is avoiding screens at least two hours before you go to bed and the reason um the reason this is really powerful is that those screens emit a blue light and what that does is it impacts that uh, creation of the hormone melatonin which starts to settle in to help you know helps us basically go to sleep so you know, that part of that sleep wind down of the day when, you know, it gets to dark, you know, darkness starts setting in that melatonin also starts kicking in. So you'll often find melatonin should be higher uh, or stronger of a nighttime. And then, you know, it, it peaks, it it peaks at the nighttime. And then in the morning, you'll find your cortisol is higher and that's perfectly, you know, perfectly normal. So you want to be able to have that um, good sleep supported by no blue light coming in through the eyes of a nighttime. One of the things I'm a big thing about is also eating your dinner earlier. Don't have a really late dinner. And in fact, I find some clients more effective at having maybe a bigger lunch and a lighter dinner. So, you know, especially a lighter dinner, if you are having close to to bedtime, you don't want to, you want to go to bed with your, your food having been metabolized. And I know myself, and my husband also says the same thing. You know, we might have been out, you know, go out on a weekend for a meal, and you tend to have a little bit later, and then you have the crappiest sleep. So you throw that in with you know perimenopause and menopause, and bang, it's just a recipe for disaster. And I'm sure you felt the same that when you've been out Mm, in that too. So eight
0: thirty dinner sessions.
1: Oh yeah, the eight thirty just yeah, they're, they're a recipe for disaster. They just don't work. It's a nice time, nice idea at the time. So. Now, do you want to talk through maybe some meditation or yoga or mindfulness, at you know, sleep time and how that can be really um, beneficial?
0: Yeah. So there's great things that we can do even during the day, actually. So when we wake up in the morning after we've had our sleep, actually exposing our skin and our eyes mm. to sunlight. Yeah. And even if the sun isn't shining like me, when you get up, but still dark at the moment. But, you know, taking a moment to visualize the sun also helps to produce mm. serotonin and melatonin in the body as well. And that supports you for your sleep at nighttime too. Another great thing that you can do from a meditative um, component is usually about 11 o'clock in the morning. And again, particularly if the sun is out, going outside and exposing your skin to sun. Now, I'm not saying going out for a nudie run at 11 (laughs) o'clock in the morning, but, you know, um, not having sunglasses on, maybe if you can, you know, exposing the skin on your arms or on your legs. And again, that helps to produce the serotonin and melatonin in the skin during the day. And then, of course, from a yoga perspective, meditation perspective, there's some beautiful practices that you can do prior to sleep obviously from a yoga perspective you're not going to go and do a yoga hip class but there's some really great restorative yoga postures that you can do or even doing a yoga nidra class is really nice because what that does is it helps to bring you into a state of relaxation helps to really elicit that relaxation response Mm -hmm. so you know switching off that sympathetic nervous system connecting to the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, And that's a really powerful way. And then, of course, meditation. And so each morning, actually, and every day, my days are bookended with meditation, so I'll wake up in the morning and I'll do a meditation. And um, I'm talking you know 10 minutes, 15 minutes, so not very long. When I first started, I was doing a one minute meditation each side. and then at night time before I go to bed, I am also listening to a meditation as well. and it's just about that breathing. Mm. It's again, it's to me that is my signal that it's time to rest and it's time to come into slumber. I also sleep with an eye pillow. My husband thinks I'm just crazy because I've got earphones and I've got an eye pillow when I go to bed. (laughs) But what that eye pillow does, again, is it just shuts down those um, optical nerves and just closes down the senses of the eyes because we can hold a lot of stress in the eyes. And if you think about it, you know, we hold a lot of tension in the eyebrows, in the forehead. And that's linked to our eyes so the eye pillow really helps to just really close everything down and for me it's a signal about drawing within and so that helps really set up my meditation for uh, bedtime and helps me yeah just get into that real deep state of relaxation
1: yeah i I use an eye pillow too and it's really funny because sometimes i forget to use it and i'm i'll have trouble going to sleep and i whack it on and it's like Okay. Yep. It's sleep. It's, it's all those, all those little signals, isn't it? And I especially make sure I pack it when I go away somewhere uh, as well, because I'm in a different environment. I always know the first or second day takes me a little while to go to sleep. So that really does help. So yeah, they're all excellent, excellent ideas, Nat. The
0: other thing I was going to say too, if you do wake up during the night, because obviously we can usually Mm. that one, two o'clock mark, we can wake up when cortisol starts to produce in the body And, you know, there's a lot of challenge for us, particularly as a result of our busy lifestyles, that we can struggle to get back to sleep. Yes. Particularly at that time and, you know. Some women up.
1: Woken by night sweats as well. So, you know, other reasons for, for obviously disrupted sleep.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so our brain just gets flooded with thoughts. It gets flooded with the things that we didn't do, the things that we have to do. And it just goes on and on. And then we start clock watching. So, you know, some of the greatest learning I've had from my yoga teacher training is actually removing yourself from your bed. So, if you are really struggling to get to sleep, taking yourself out of the bedroom changing the scenery and i know of course we don't want to be up at two three in the morning Mm -hmm. walking around the house (laughs) but when we can just change the environment for a moment even if we just sit up for 10 minutes and take ourselves out of that situation and then go back into bed it's just it's it's changing the situation in our brain changing the thinking and you know, helps us again to relax and then come back into bed when perhaps we're at, at a more relaxed state that we might be able to get back to sleep.
1: And you know, I actually really love that because there's a lot of frustration that will will harness or you know be harnessed if you just stay in bed awake because you sort of toss and turn and and you know it just makes it so much harder. So I really love that idea. That's fantastic. So, just from a food point of view, um, I mentioned about you know trying to have your meal a little bit earlier. But through the day, you may maybe look also at avoiding different stimulants. So, you know, I'm not saying to remove coffee or alcohol altogether, but they can really be a stimulant to really impact how how great a night's sleep you get, or even just going off to sleep. So, you know, if you if you're a coffee, if you love your coffee, maybe have your coffee at the start of the day. Um, And then you could probably um, look at, you know, drinking cups of broth or herbal teas in the afternoon into the evening, and they can really be beneficial there. So you don't have that stimulant. And also in relation to alcohol, it can be something that alcohol can possibly help you get to sleep. But what happens is that it will be, you know, there's a reaction in the body that will have you waking up quite quite honestly later on in the night, you know, that that early morning um, awakening. So just maybe if you do love those type of things, which is totally fine, maybe think about how monitor how they're affecting you as well and maybe change, change the way that you are consuming them.
0: And um, I was just going to say on the alcohol. So, as you know, you know, we're not huge drinkers, no. at least, but yep. we do like, of course, to go out and have a drink every so often. And for me, you know, a few years ago when I really started my health journey, that was one of the things I changed that, you know, I stopped drinking wine because it had such yeah. an impact on me. And
1: champagne. It did, it had yep. such an
0: impact on me. And so, you know, now for me it's it's a gin and soda or it's a vodka and soda, yep. and I'm conscious about hydrating when I'm having in-between drinks as Perfect. well. And even when going to bed, you know, having a, a good glass of water as well. So Absolutely.
1: Um, and you can also put things like magnesium. I have a magnesium powder that um, can be really relaxing for the body as well. And, and, and if you are having the water, maybe have it sort of half an hour out from your bedtime and that sort of just allows you to, you know, to hit the toilet before you go to bed instead of it waking you up. For some women, it can wake them up through the night. One of the last things that I think is really important is also around where you sleep. So, you know, try to keep the bedroom in a cool Mm -hmm. sort of environment, as a cool environment. So, you know, you you tend to go to sleep in a hot environment, it can be really uh, disturbing to actually getting off to sleep. Um, Make sure it's well ventilated, um, it's quiet and preferably dark. And I think that's where the eye pillow comes in really handy because that darkness really does um, make such a difference. So, and also, you know, if you wake up with an alarm or anything like that, that's fine, but those lights emitting from alarm clocks and things on phones, they can be really disruptive and keep you awake as well. And definitely keep your phone off if you can, Uh, but if you need to leave it on, put it on airplane mode. So it's not disturbing you through the night. So There's so much there that you can be doing, even, you know, the type of clothing that you're wearing to bed, if you are having hot flushes, or just getting hot, like I have been, you know, I've experienced that over the last few months, just make sure that your bedding and your clothing are, you know, natural fibers like Um, like a cotton or some women really love bamboo as well. So bamboo clothing. So I think that's probably enough. There There's lots of tips there today, Nat, but you know, sleep, just remember sleep trumps, sleep is queen. And it really does have such a knock on effect to so many things. And I'm actually um, delivering a workshop next week around weight management for this phase in women's lives and how the lifestyle factors that, you know, that we live by here at Only Health Collective, how they can make such a big difference to that. And sleep is a game changer when it comes to your weight as well and stress and a whole lot of other things that we talk about in previous episodes.
0: Mm, It is. And, you know, I think... When we first got into corporate wellbeing workshops too, we've got a workshop called Love Your Sleep. We do. And, you know, we've put that forward before and, you know, people sort of looked at us and sleep. Do we need sleep in a a Mm. workplace wellbeing program? But it is. it's, It's so important. And when we've actually run through that workshop, you know, everybody has appreciated just how pivotal and critical good sleep is. Yeah for everything for our performance for our energy for our communication confidence as well it's just it's one of those things that should just never be taken for granted very much like breathing i put sleep and breathing together as two very simple lifestyle changes that we can make and adopt that just have such profound impacts um not just in those areas but in our entire life as well
1: absolutely absolutely so hey um if, you've, if anyone's got um, any questions, um, feel free to drop us a message and we'd love to hear from you and see how you found the episode and the hints that we've dropped today. And um, we'll see you next time.
0: That They will. Bye. Great. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you.
1: And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.